Today's episode is brought to you by Wild, natural deodorant, body wash and shampoo bars. Wild uses clean and natural ingredients in all of their beautiful products, meaning they're good for your body and the planet. We don't have time for this. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where we make this podcast, the Garigal and the Gyamagal people. We pay our respects to all First Nations elders, past, present and emerging. Hey besties. You know what I don't have time for? Oh my god, I love this podcast so much, you guys. Hey, it's time to be nice. My name is Sam. I don't have time for this week. Imposter Sentinel. Kate Reeves. And I'm Gemma Peanut. And it's Friday. It sure is, Revs. Well into February. Yep. The year's finally kind of starting. Mm-hmm. We're all back at school. Thank the Lord. I mean, this is the longest summer that ever was. I was not prepared for this, Revsy. No. I'm not going to lie. No. It dragged. Can I give you a little bit of like from the future talk about Always. school mum life? I think it took me like three years to accept mm. the school calendar. Excellent. Like I think this is the first year I've been like, yeah, yeah, it drags. Okay. Like Mm. get on with it, Revs. You know what I mean? Like it took me years to accept I wasn't on the daycare system of like just take my kid every day. And leave them till 6pm if you need to. Those days are over. I think this is the new trench era that I've entered. (laughs) From one trench to another. The school holiday calendar. You know, I Mm. had a school teacher slide into my DMs and she was like, from a teacher mama to a mama. Mm. It's cooked. Yeah. And I was like, yes, but there is no other way around no, it. You just have to accept it. You have your to hands move through up, it. Surrender. Like this is your life now. I know. In a few years, the kids will, they'll be able to handle life a little better and yeah. it'll be less annoying. I know the next holidays are just going to knock on my door and oh, it's yeah. like, here we go. Free range kids again. Figure yeah. it out. And I'll be like, I don't want to. You know what? Like something I've also never done, but I would like to give you as advice. Mm-hmm. Book your Easter holiday camps now. Yes. Book it now so you don't go, oh, what? Again? Again. Am I going to book it now? I don't know. I don't even know what's available. This is the thing. I feel like <laughs> I'm a at a quick Google, Gemma. I'm at a disadvantage. There are people in the know, like the good mum. She no, told Gem. me about this camp in the summer holidays and she said it's really sought after and hard to get in yep. and this is how much it costs. It's so affordable and they do X, Y. Yep. And I was like, can I get Raph in? She's like, oh, no, babe, you needed to book that in October. Yeah. We're talking jam. And I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah, so book for next whatever. I need that memo. Who's giving you the memo? Who do you think? works for you, Jim. You know when they say like, oh, they say blah, blah, blah. I'm like, where's they? Who Who are they? Who's getting the pamphlets? Because they're not ending up in my letterbox. I'm about to blow your tiny mind. Go on. The good mum is not in the know. No one's sending her a memo. She gets online and she looks it up and she books it. I don't believe that she looks anything up. She's hearing shit from the grapevine. (laughs) And I'm not on the grapevine. Are you okay? No. I need help. Jim, you are here to help you get online no. find some camps and book no okay fine well i can't wait to have this discussion again Rest. in april googling school holiday camps is on par with googling some skin disease it all ends in death <laughs> what do 
many do you mean? It's overwhelming. It's really not. The overwhelming part is that you put it off. If you actually did it, you'd be like, oh, that was quite easy. Oh, there we go. I'm sorted. But instead you pretend you're never going to have to deal with this stuff. And then the day rolls around and me and producer Kate get a text. Hey guys, I've just realised tomorrow. you said I've got three years to adjust. I'm in year one. Give a girl a break. You're in kindergarten. Yeah. Cut this mama some slack. All right. All right. Fair enough. I'm just, I'm giving you the memo that you so desperately want. I want exact activities, the cost, like I need value, you know, like how many hours? Oh my God. Well, some You sc- want too much. Revzy, some school holiday counts are like $120. Others are 70 I know. Yes. <laughs> What's your point? My point is you're waiting for this like magical EA in your life that is not coming. Do you know what? I She's am, not coming. I'm the family EA. That's what I'm saying. I'm in the wrong job. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. We've, we've figured it out. You have been miscast. I have. As mother. <laughs> Should we get into the episode? <laughs> it's a bestie hotline. <laughs> Should we hear who called the bestie hotline today? Hey girls, you know what I don't have time for? Waiting for you guys to talk about salt burn. Jem teased it out on Insta not long ago and said uh, you would give us the biggest rundown and I want to hear it. Please discuss. Oh yeah. It's murder on the dance floor. Oh, but you better not steal the groove. <laughs> DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right, we're doing it. This is the dilemma of the day. It's a bit rogue. The dilemma is that we didn't talk about something we said we would talk about. Mm. Okay, I'm here. I'm ready. Salt burn. When did you watch it? Early in the wave? Yes. Okay. Yep. Way early in the wave. Okay. I didn't hear all the whispers and the <laughs> gossip. I had one person go, go watch salt burn, Google nothing, just do it. Oh, okay. You know, yep. when you really respect someone's opinion mm. and you know. It's like she's the same person who said, watch catfish. The documentary, Google nothing. And my tiny mind was blown. So put Saltburn on really casually with Hubs. He was like, what's this? I was like, I heard it's good. (laughs) Weren't we in for a ride? What did he think? (laughs) Loved it, of course. Well, loved and loathed it is kind of the feeling. We got to the end and I know a lot of people share this feeling. Not dissimilar to Barbie, mm-hmm. where I walked out and went, I say walked out like I went to a cinema, I just watched it at home, where it ended and the credits rolled and I went, what did I just watch? Mm. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Because it makes you think. And mm-hmm. then I thought about it for days mm. after. What about you, Rebsy? Where in the wave of popularity were you when you watched so it? So I believe I was like, Jen, we've got to watch Saltburn at the top of the wave. I was like, everyone's talking about it. We've got to watch it because we've got to talk about it, whatever. And then I didn't. Mm. <laughs> you did did. And I nagged the and shit you out nagged, of you. Have you watched it? Have you watched it? And I was like, oh no, I will, I will. And then I didn't because I guess I was traveling. Busy living your just life. Living my life. And then I watched it with Americano. Mm-hmm. I would say we were on the tail end. I hadn't seen any bits of it mm-hmm. and I hadn't heard the shocking moments. Okay. But I knew people were like either grossed out or shocked yeah. or like, you know. So it's a different experience because I think when there's groundswell about a film, mm. you know, when people come up to you and they're like, you need to. And I won't say anything. I'm anticipating something. something. There's going to be a shocking something or some revelation that's going to blow my mind. So I think it is a different experience because I've had feedback from people who I've really sort of done the, hey, have you checked out Saltburn? Like I'm trying to not Mm. G it up too much. This would be a good point in the show to say, spoiler alert, Mm -hmm. we will be talking about it all, I imagine. Hunji P. (laughs) So if you haven't watched it yet, maybe pause this, watch it and come back because I would like to get into it. If you don't want to watch it yet, but don't mind spoilers, you're in for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> we say this so confident we know we're going to talk about. <laughs> 
Okay, so first of all, mm. I will say I loved Promising Young Woman, mm-hmm. Emerald Fennell's last film. Yep. And she's the filmmaker who made this. So just a bit of behind the curtain, I was watching it with the lens of like, okay, so when Promising Young Woman did super well, they must have been like, what do you want to make next? Mm. And this must have been it because yep. it's her next film. I know she did Killing Eve. Yep. She was on Killing Eve for ages. So I loved Promising Young Woman. I love Killing Eve. That's what I brought to it when I was watching is I like her. Mm. Jacob Elordi I like a lot from Euphoria. Yep. He's Aussie, right? He is. Yeah. It's such a strategic move by Emerald Fennell. Like I think she's a true artist, Mm. filmmaker. 100%. But I think that was a very strategic move. Because he's like the it boy. He is the it boy. He's the poster boy. You know, girls are sliding off their chairs and men over him. I mean, he's got it all. He's got the charisma. He's like Mm. insane at accents. Yes. Because he's American is amazing in Euphoria. And his British was incredible in this. He's brilliant. Yeah, the casting was chef's kiss. Let's start from... The head. Okay. I thought the opening was brilliant. Like, I was in from the start. Okay. Now, for DLs who haven't watched this, let's talk about what genre it falls under. Yeah. It's like erotic psychological thriller. thriller. Yeah. Thematically, I think it's about desire, what happens when desire leads to absolute destruction Ooh. within a person and that obsessiveness and jealousy. You know, I talk about this with Olivia Rodrigo's songs. Like, yep. I love this kind of chat because it's juicy, because it's almost shameful mm. and so it's like dark corners of yeah, the human dark, condition it is, it is dark corners of the human condition so i think you can break up the movie into before saltburn and then once they arrive at saltburn okay. there's two chapters the act one for me was mm-hmm. giving cruel intentions yes you know like yeah, all the nostalgia yeah just like that institution mm-hmm. like privileged kids status struggles with yes. personalities and like the cool kids and the nerds basically yeah instantly because it's set in two 2006. Mm. And by the way, Emerald Fennell calls it a period film. Oh my God, we're so old. She's like, 2006 was nearly 20 years ago. Well, she's right. She I is guess. right. <laughs> and the costume department had to research 2006. Anyway, the music. I've got to start with the music right from the beginning. It is brilliant. It is nostalgic. It takes you on a journey and the cinematography. But what at the choral, like classical as well? I thought that was really cool. Oh, in the opening. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Super cool. So I don't know. I'm always drawn into a film by the soundtrack. Almost first and foremost. I watch a film through my ears, basically. It's like how people's voices can annoy me. But the other thing that grabbed me was the cinematography. Oh, yeah, gorgeous. It is beautifully filmed. Mm. And the first thing you will notice is the aspect ratio in which it is filmed in. (laughs) That's the first thing we'll notice. (laughs) You didn't notice that? I did, but I don't think the GP is like the first thing everyone will notice. Really? I don't. Things. It's cool. It was the first thing Hub said to me. He's oh, okay, like, he okay. goes, "Is this a square movie?" And I'm like, a "No." It, I was like, "No, babe. It's three by four. It's, yeah, yeah. It's of the era. It's rectangular. But yeah, yeah. So aspect ratio is obviously the film framing. Mm-hmm. When we used to have TVs that were like that, yeah, things they were, were made for that screen. And then we got cinematic, and yeah. we had panoramic. And I love the choice of the three by four mm-hmm. aspect ratio because you instantly in this place of discord because it's a bit uncomfortable. 
uncomfortable. Yeah. It's unnatural. I didn't feel that. I felt nostalgia. Like it was giving cruel intentions. It was giving the movies I used to watch when I was really young and looking at older people yeah. living life and thinking, oh, is that what my life will be when I'm in university? Yeah. It gave a lot of nostalgia for me. That's what the choice did for me. And this is what I love about this film is it speaks to millennials on one level and it speaks to Zoomers on a different because Zoomers won't have that nostalgia. Yeah, no. But for them it's like, hey, this feels odd. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. It's yeah. not wide. It's tall and narrow. Loved that choice. I think that's like how we like a 70s aesthetic but we have no reason to. We didn't mm. live through it. We don't know what it is. It just feels cool, cool mm. you know. That's what they have with the Y2K. That's 100p. what they call it, Y2K. So like funny. Y2K for us was like a looming disaster and for them it's like a fashion label. <laughs> Revs. You and I wrote an a cappella song about Y2K. Again, we can't. We're already getting full nerd on a film review. I don't think we can talk about our a cappella days. Why not? It's too much. DLs, we toured. Stop. <laughs> to it. <laughs> to it in inverted commas. Y2K. Stop, okay. stop. We did a cappella competitions. It's okay, fine. we slayed. Back to Saltburn. That's all we need to say. <laughs> Ad break. Got to keep the lights on. DLs, you're not going to want to skip this one as we have one of the biggest discounts we have ever procured for you from this awesome brand. I am extra excited about today's sponsor because DLs, as you will know, this started out as my not spawn. And now it's spawn. How good. Okay, so on your reco, I've started using Wild Natural Deodorant and then Wild came to us and asked if we wanted to try the full range so Obviously, we jumped on that. That's right, DLs. Consider us your natural body care crash test dummies. <laughs> so I've been using Wild Deodorant for nine months now and I love the change. My motivation for stopping using regular store-bought deodorant was the aluminium and parabens. Mm. I mean, we use deodorant every day, so mm. I want to try and avoid all the harsh chemicals as well. Wild's whole thing is that it's all clean and natural. Did your body adapt straight away? Did it take a minute? Okay, so you do need to give this a couple of weeks, okay? okay? There is an adjustment period like anything natural. So my recommendation to you, Revs, was mm. definitely to give it a full fortnight and then decide how you like it. Okay. You did, but for me it's been pretty seamless. I will say I'm not an overly sweaty girl, but I have always used strong deodorant and, frankly, it's just time to get off the chemicals. Mm -hmm. Personally, I'm loving the switch. I found it really easy and the dispenser is really gorgeous. The user experience, mwah, just great. Have you got a go-to scent? Oh, babe, I'm all about the fresh cotton and sea salt. Mm. I will say they have got this new Rainforest Oasis scent oh, yes. that I'm keen to try. I am using that one and it's dreamy oh. and it comes in the body wash too and I'm always auditioning body washes. So far, I am loving this one. Rebsy, do you love how you can choose your deodorant mm. case colour mm -hmm. and just pop in the recyclable refills? You know, it makes doing the right thing for the environment feel very nice and bougie. Obsessed. Loving the shampoo bars too because I'm always cringing at the waste in the bathroom mm -hmm. and of course all wild products are vegan and cruelty free. So do something for the planet that your future self will thank you for and check out Wild today with 25% off your entire order. Whoa. Use code NOTIME, all caps no space, at the checkout. 25% is huge. Yeah, it's actually the highest discount Wild are offering in Australia and it's exclusively for you, DLs. Go to wearewild.com and use code NOTIME at the checkout for 25% off. Enjoy. So I will say, mm -hmm. can I go macro for yes. a minute? It didn't shock me for one second. Nothing shocked me. Okay. Are people not having real sex? 
Like, what is shocking about it? Is it just that this kind of sex maybe hasn't been put on film? I thought we were all supposed to be ruined with porn. Like, this is like baby shit, I thought. Okay, so I didn't have that experience. I was definitely squirming in my seat. Over which moment? The period sex or the bathwater slurping? Okay, so we're (laughs) jumping straight there. So we're not going to go in any chronological order. That's all anyone's really talking about. All right, well, let's start with the bathtub scene. So for DLs who haven't seen it... I can't believe you're still here. (laughs) So Barry Keegan plays a character called Oliver who is infatuated with Jacob Elordi's character, which is Felix. And there's this incredible scene where Felix is masturbating in this beautiful bathtub. It's a clawfoot bathtub in the middle of the bathroom. In this very stately home. Now, the character Oliver is spying on Felix. And at this point you think, oh, Oliver's going to join him in a wank, Mm. but from the sidelines. No, he doesn't. Instead, he waits for Felix to finish orgasming. Felix drains the bath. Felix exits the bathroom and then the character Oliver proceeds to enter the bathtub, lie down and slurp the cum water. Yeah, he drinks up the cum water. Yeah, right by the drain. It's almost like he's making out it's with the drain. It's beautifully shot. Okay. It wouldn't have been easy to do either. No, because they would have had to cut out yeah, the bathtub to get the camera there because yeah. the POV of the it's camera gorgeous. is floor level yeah. with him. It's so, like in line with the drain and you yeah. sort of just see him like sucking up all Yeah, the and it goes on for a bit water. long. Mm. You know, Emerald Fennell lets moments linger <laughs> where you're uncomfortable and then you almost get comfortable with it Mm -hmm. you reach a point of acceptance and then you weirdly see the beauty in it but don't you think that's like real sex like Mm. this is the thing about sex in film and tv for so long it's been like they start kissing they get naked boom three thrusts everyone's coming together and it's like that's the only version of sex we've ever seen on Mm. film and then real sex is like okay we're starting oh it gets a little awkward oh it's going a little long then you get comfortable with it like it's just she's got more of an honest yes lens on that kind of thing I think, which is probably why it's so shocking. And what I loved about that moment and actually reflecting on the film as a whole is Oliver never has a physical intimate moment with Felix. No. When you think about his moment with Venetia, which we'll get to, the way he wanks off Farley, almost blackmailing him in the same moment. He doesn't have that with Felix. So I feel like this is the closest way to get to Felix. It's almost like Felix is so aspirational, unattainable that the best he can get is the dregs of his cum water. Well, until he fucks his grave. (laughs) Yes. We haven't got there yet, Revs. Speaking of spoilers, Revs is just jumping ahead. Well, that's what happens next. No, we've got to talk about the vampire moment. Okay, yeah, all right. So with the bath scene, the famous bath scene, Mm -hmm. I found that iconic. Yeah, I thought it was a brilliant choice. Yeah. Like really brave, cool theatre moment. And I'd never seen anything like that before. But it wasn't gratuitous. It made sense. Yes. And then with the twist at the end, you can kind of go back there and go, yeah, he wants to be him. Mm. Like, yes, he's obsessed with him and I guess infatuated and he looks at him as like having everything but he wants to actually become him yes so then yeah why wouldn't he like drink his seed (laughs) from a thematic theatrical choice it makes sense it's not just like ew you're being gross and shocking me Mm -hmm. like it made sense to me as a choice so can we talk about the Venetia moment the Dolmio grinned if you will (laughs) 
vampire diary. Oh my god, please explain the Dolmio grin to our international listeners. Now, Dolmio. This is so Aussie. <laughs> this is, it's a very Australian reference. Dolmio is a brand of pasta sauce. And Dolmio grin, if you can imagine someone smearing Dolmio pasta sauce all over your face, it's the perfect visual to accompany the idea of someone going down on someone who has their period. Who has their period. Dolmio had an ad in the late. 80s, early 90s, yeah. it was like, you're wearing the Dolmio grin, grin, as in you'd just eaten a bowl of spaghetti and you had like a stain around your mouth and then that became a sex thing. Of course it did. <laughs> it got hijacked and sexualized, just yes. like everything. So he starts to finger her, I well, guess. Well, I found this scene shocking for the sake of shocking. Yeah, this made less sense. sense. I've to tried me. to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. I've tried to get in Emerald Fennell's head and yep. the only bow I could draw from this moment is that because because Felix is unattainable, his blood sibling is the closest he can get to Felix. So he goes down on her while she's got her period. Now, I found it shocking. I didn't like when he fingered her and then proceeded to put his blood fingers in her mouth and make her consume her own menstruation. That was a lot. When you put it that way. <laughs> But also this comes with your clean girl thing. You <laughs> know, you are a squeaker's I am. sex participant. I am. You like everyone involved to be very clean. Yep, showered, teeth brushed. This is just not for you. It's not for me. Yeah. But it didn't feel clever and cool like the bathtub moment. I'm getting from your analysis that you think this film is more about Ollie and Felix, whereas I didn't get that. That's not what I took away from it. I took away that it was like him trying to get inside this family and like infiltrate from every angle like a cancer Mm. and so he was picking them off one at a time I mean like he was definitely infatuated with Felix almost as like the main character energy like the head of the family and he wanted to be him Mm. that was very clear but I felt like he was just playing power moves on each of them individually and just like getting to them at different points and I felt like what he was doing with her was obviously trying to like you know the story about this character was like oh she fucks everyone and she gives it up too easy and like there's no real conquest there Mm. so he had to take it up a level and be like, oh, no, I've literally drank your blood. Like we have a blood pact now. And mm. then he kind of owned her because he had this power over her and then he, he held a bit of her shame was how I took it. Okay. But again, it didn't like, I wasn't like, ooh, powerful. I was like, no. oh, okay. Yeah, it didn't feel powerful. Yeah. And you're right, Revs. My interpretation of the film is definitely that his infatuation with Felix is the catalyst for everything. Right. And everything else felt like a domino effect. That was my experience as I was watching the film. Yeah. And for me, that's more interesting. And we'll get to the end because I had problems with the ending. Because it changed on you. It did. Yeah. That's what I thought for the first two thirds of the film. Mm. I was like, okay, he's obsessed with him. And then when he killed him, I was kind of like, what? Mm. And then I was like, oh, and then the twist wasn't very satisfying for me. No, it wasn't. But can we talk about the first twist, which is when Felix discovers that Ollie is actually from a well-to-do upper middle class family and not the orphaned son of addicts. Yeah, Yeah. son of addicts with a very problematic upbringing. I thought that was a brilliant twist and then with no consequences. No (laughs) consequences but also no further investigating into that. Like I was like no 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 take me back to that yeah I want to know more about that family and what led him to this path of destruction and web of lies Mm. and this need to be felt sorry for Mm. and this idea of not fitting into Oxford it's like no bro you fit in like you actually do and I thought that was sort of left open-ended and not really explored enough for me well when the film ended I was like huh 
what was it about? Yeah. <laughs> like, what do I, mm. because yeah, like I felt like you, oh, it's this like erotic thriller about mm. this infatuation with this one man. Oh no, it's about the whole family. Oh no, is it about class? Yeah, like, yeah. Like when we got to the end, I was like, oh, this feels like it's a class comment, like a comment on middle class, upper class, you mm. know, and like he sort of cosplays as this lower class. Yeah. And um, to get to the upper class, but actually he's just middle. And then was her comment like, there's like, you know, the rich, the one percenters just hold above us all and even the middle class can't get can't there. get you know yeah. but it didn't like click in no. but it felt inherently british yes and i feel like oh i feel like i'm missing a piece because i'm not british is <laughs> how mm. i kind of but then i don't know if that was no i don't think you are missing a yeah. piece i just feel like it was an amazing twist that got left unresolved mm. and unexplored because at the end of the film you're like oh so he'd set this up from the top yeah so with the bike and all that stuff that's right so dl's basically the big big twist of the film is that the whole thing was calculated and premeditated. Yeah. And I absolutely hated it. You felt tricked and cheated, but I, not in a satisfying way. Correct. It, yeah. it almost like took the wind out of the narrative sails for me. Like I thought the narrative was strong mm. up until this point. I was like, fuck, what's he going to do next? And then as soon as there was the reveal and also it was so explicit and expositional, it was like Emerald Fennell went, I'm going to take you back to all the moments mm. And show you mm. how he got here. And I thought a more interesting character journey for me, <laughs> not that I'm the one directing this, <laughs> is actually seeing a boy who pulled the thread of infatuation and desire and then it led to this domino destruction and then he carried all and the it shame. Got beyond him. It got beyond him and then mm. he ended up killing Felix and assisting in Venetia's death and then it was all calculated that he just wanted salt burn yeah. in the end. And then it felt far-fetched and unrealistic to me. But I think he wanted the status. He wanted to be the owner of Saltburn because of what it says about him and his place in the world. No, I get, is what I took. I get all that. Yeah. But it felt shallow yeah. to me. I thought it was much more interesting to find himself in this journey and feeling his way through and, oh, actually I want this and I can have it and I can take over mm. and I can get rid of everyone. Mm. And I am smarter than all of them. And, and it can be mine. But when it's all premeditated, I just went, oh, no, that's on par with like, and I woke up and it was all a dream. Right, yeah. It felt unsatisfying. I think it could be interesting because we don't see, like since the 80s erotic thrillers, like I'm thinking Fatal Attraction, mm -hmm. we haven't had characters like that for a while in film and TV. I'm thinking Killing Eve is kind of one mm -hmm. of them. She's like, she's a psychopath. So yeah. Emerald Fennell is clearly concerned yes. with this kind of like very manipulative, very obsessed character mm -hmm. and I think there is an interesting story in there I think you felt ripped off because you thought you were watching one thing and then it changed into another thing yeah but can we talk about the grave fucking now yes okay so shocking <laughs> moment number three is um <laughs> literally fucks a grave. When Oliver fucks a grave. I saw a video discussing this moment with Emerald Fennell and she facilitated a closed set for okay. Brian Keegan. Yeah, to really go for it. And it's raining and he's standing on the grave and she said that all she said to Brian was how would Oliver say goodbye to Felix oh, wow. in this moment? It was not scripted. Ooh. Yes. It's an actor's but choice. But she kind of said she hoped he would go there but yeah. she didn't want to pressure him okay. or force him or suggest it and uh he went there yeah he right. stuck his cock in the moist <laughs> freshly laid soil 
and humped it <laughs> in the rain. It's like it's going and do you know what? <laughs> At this point, I'm like, yeah, story checks. Fitting. Oliver probably would we're do that. Now. Yeah, we're, we're here now. By that point, I wasn't shocked. No, I did love the theatre of it. It reminds me of theatre, like the really full-on orchestral music choice. Heavy the rain. one shot, heavy rain, and just like staying with it too long, yep. as you said. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't like in it on the edge of my seat or anything like that. I was like, all right, no, we're doing I, this. And I certainly <laughs> wasn't like, oh, my God, no. formidable. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Clutch my purse. Mm. Yeah. But it felt appropriate. Sure. At this point, you're like, cool, what else are you going to do? Like, it was that kind of film. I also really enjoyed the family completely shitting the bed when Felix died and that whole scene with the red curtains and the red wine stuff. It's theatre. It's like, reminds me of Shakespeare. Glad you brought that up. It was cool. It is, I think, one of the best written scenes ever. Yeah. And the acting is. We have not talked about Rosamund Pike. What a boss. She is brilliant. So good. And just looking at that aftermath moment, like what happens and so British. Yes. How you don't lean into your feelings too hard. Don't talk about it. Keep it together and changing the subject. Yeah. And obviously that was very heightened to make a point. Of course. But that's, I think, why I keep thinking about the film. I would hazard a guess. I don't know. I haven't done a YouTube vortex. Maybe I need to. But it feels like she wanted to make something about class. And then like that scene felt the most realised to me because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is where you're actually saying what you want this film to say. Yeah. And I feel like because it was only one scene in a larger, very glamorous, very shocking, very mm-hmm. Zuma style film, yeah. maybe it got lost. But that felt like the truth of what the film was trying to do. Yes. And it was cool. Like a, oh. the red, we're getting real film nerdy here, but everything in the film or a theatre show or whatever, DLs, it's a choice. It's a choice. Right. And so someone said, let's have red blinds. So mm-hmm. the whole room is is like blood basically mm-hmm. and like just this high octane high temperature yeah. Yeah. pressure cooker place and it was just a cool choice yes. you know one of my favorite details and I don't know if you picked up on this but I was like oh I jizz on this stuff <laughs> is the first scene where Oliver walks into Saltburn in the reception room mm. with the butler yeah also brilliantly cast yeah it's shot from a really high angle down and this is what I like about the aspect ratio is you get the height mm. more than the width mm. and so you got the sense of high ceilings and in the corner was a chandelier and at this point Saltburn's pristine the house is kept together they haven't thrown the big party there isn't mess but there's a g-string Oh, on the chandelier. the chandelier yeah and I was like oh my the detail yeah, of that yeah. the consideration and the choice behind that to show that many parties have been had mm. and just one pair of undies yeah. got missed that ended up on a chandelier like five meters high on the ceiling yeah I think it's really cool what Emerald Fennell does with sex mm. like she's obviously really shame free and interested mm. in it as a concept and a topic and I hope she keeps making stuff yeah. in this space because it is, is interesting I just I think it's really funny how it divides or shows up where our shock lines lie our individually you know what I mean yeah. I'm like are people not having real sex mm. like people swallow cum like actual full strength cum like what is shocking about diluting it down with water <laughs> you know it's like it's just easier <laughs> yeah I don't know I can't 
agree with you there, I just don't. I just wasn't shocked, but I found but, the beauty and the choices really cool. But it's not the swallowing of cum that's shocking. It's the secrecy. Yeah, and the yeah, yeah. Ex- the character. That is what's yeah. engaging and interesting and this obsessiveness. Yeah. What you talked about, about that line between am I in love with you or do I want to be you, mm, you know? Mm. And obviously, like, Jacob Elordi's character wasn't participating in that sex. Yeah. It was like one-sided like, sex. how would you feel... <laughs> If you guzzled my cum bath. No, <laughs> let's do something different. You scrubbed your vag, right, with a bit of a I would s- never. soap bath. Okay. Sure, okay, pH balance Thrush and all that. coming my way. <laughs> and I walked into the shower and licked the bar to get the dregs of your vag juice in my mouth. Love you. <laughs> Is this a podcast? <laughs> Is this going out into the world? Okay, let me put this to you, Revsy. What if you had a shower and I licked the walls of your vag? Like, that's, we just, this is our job. <laughs> well, would well, you I normalize hope I, that? I hope I know. <laughs> normalize it. Well, do you? No, I would hope I never found out about that. But good for you. I'm okay. glad you're and that into me. <laughs> Let me ask you this. If you found out about it, would you find it shocking? Would you? Yes. Thank you. I find it shocking. That is the point of the bath scene. It's not the cum guzzling. It's the secrecy and the obsessiveness and and what people do in private. Private. It's fascinating. It is. You know? We've got to wrap this up. Okay, we really do. Would you recommend it for a watch? I actually think people need to watch it because I think it's an iconic pop culture movie and it will be reference we haven't even talked about the sophie ellis bexter <laughs> murder on the dance floor iconic scene yeah. in the same way people reference tom cruise in risky business yeah. it is that famous now 100 and it is brilliant like that is an emerald fennel fuck you should win awards for this yeah i hope she to does dream up this idea to use that song yeah to bring that song back into our ears i know it's like the kate bush song that had a resurgence last year yes. before yeah i know it's fun i honestly feel like it's a love letter to millennials yeah and we watch it on a different level and i think it's a hate letter to upper class england yeah i 100 percent recommend a watch definitely yes definitely you've got to get on the train Mm -hmm. for sure even if you don't enjoy it even if it makes you uncomfortable you can go okay i've seen it i know what people are talking about it's an experience it is an experience and that's what i love about cinema revs it's what (laughs) you and i love about theater yeah 100 it's an experience and this is why we've had to talk about this i mean we were prompted by DL, obviously. Yeah, but we had our rubber arm. <laughs> we had the same feelings about Barbie. Mm. We didn't perfectly love it. Yeah. And we didn't perfectly hate it. Yeah. We were somewhere in the middle. It was complicated and yeah. it, we had mixed feelings. This is the cool thing about women making things. It's like mm. there's just I don't know. I think it's more complex, more interesting, more thought through, putting a lot out into mm-hmm. the world. And I really enjoy consuming things made by women because they're complicated, nuanced, and fascinating. I'm here for it. Same. Couldn't agree more. Well, thanks for coming to our movie show. Well, the DL asked and the DL got more than she asked. No one will ask for that again. (laughs) We love you, DLs. If you're still here, we will be back in your ears bright and early on Tuesday morning with our regular show. Thanks for tuning into the Bestie Hotline today. And we hope you have a lovely, sexy weekend ahead. (laughs) No baths. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.